0: Daughter was a little over a year old. My um, my son, actually, my wife was still pregnant because my son was born in July, and we were just like, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't live in New York. Um, I, I'm I'm not going to be able to, you know, raise a family, pay for the house in Michigan, which we still had, um, pave an apartment and then pay, start paying back my student loans. I think I remember getting the letter saying that my first student loan payment was due in, in December, and the payment was going to be you know, close to $3,000 a month. And I was just floored. And I was like, okay, there's absolutely no way.
1: Welcome to Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Crystal Lugazima. I've had the pleasure of working with today's guest, David, for a good portion of my career at GreenPath. As the son of immigrants who had to work extremely hard to make ends meet, David knows firsthand the importance of financial education, access to opportunities, and seeing possibilities. He's especially driven to connect with people who have limited access to the tools they need to be financially healthy. Today, David is a trusted leader at GreenPath. He sat down with me to share his personal money journey. Let's meet David. David, welcome to Real Stories. So glad you could join us today. And before we get into the the depth of your financial journey, I want to go back to the beginning and was wondering if you might tell me a little bit about your upbringing and specifically, how did that shape your dreams when it came to your education and career goals?
0: Sure. First of all, thank you for for having me. I'm I'm very excited. Um, Yeah, you know, I, I grew up in... You know, I was born in in Los Angeles, in downtown L.A. Uh, both my parents uh, came to the United States from Mexico, um, and really, I, like work hard to you know provide a, a a decent living for themselves and for for their kids. I, you know, I grew up in a household with um, you know I have four sisters and I and and an older brother, uh, so we're we big family. Um, you know, when I. When I um, when I first went to high school uh, in the in the mid '90s, um, you know, my my dad was super passionate about sending me as far away as possible from from where we lived because we we didn't really necessarily uh, live in a in a great part of town, um, and so he I I don't even know how I've never even really asked him, but he he found out about a a law and government uh, magnet school out of uh, Northridge, North Hills, Northridge, um, California, which, you know, is it was only about 40 minutes away from where we live, but I don't know if you know anything about Los Angeles traffic. Um, you know, it took like two and a half hours to get there. Uh so so I had to bus to school every every um every morning. So it was a little bit of a trek. Um and you know I think that's really when I I I realized that I wanted to do like a little bit more uh, with my education. Uh, Prior to that, I was really, actually I thought I was gonna go into the army. Um, We, you know, it was just kind of a thing that like, um, it was talked about um, a lot um, in, in the neighborhood that was, that I was, I was in a lot of folks kind of ended up going to the army. So I thought I was just naturally going to do that. But really in high school was the, was the very first time when I realized that I really wanted to do a little bit more with my education. You know, my parents, my dad and and bless him, he, he's still, he's still in this, you know, my, my dad, um, works in swap meets down in, in, in Los Angeles. So he's always been part of this, like gig economy thing where, um, you know, he sells like yarn, um, and other like trinkets uh, at the swap meet. He goes to the swap meet every Saturday and Sunday and Tuesday, and he's been doing that since as long as I can remember. He's still actually doing it now. And my mom uh, worked in the textile industry for a very long time before she got a really good job um, working as an assembly line worker for a box company. Uh, and actually, she's retiring this year from from that from that organization. So she, you know. Um, and so growing up, I was always, you know, I was always going to the swap meet with my dad on Saturdays and Sundays when I was a little kid. Uh, I think I, the earliest memory I have is like I was six or seven going to the swap meet, uh, helping him unpack, selling stuff. I can still, one of my claims to fame is I can still like measure out a a yard, um, just by like memory because we used to like sell yarn. <laughs> by the yard. And so I would always have to like measure it. Um, but when I went to high school, I realized that there was like a little bit more than, that there was more than that out in the universe. Cause I always just thought like, yeah, I was, you know, going to the swap meet, maybe go to the army. I don't know where it was. Yeah. But when I went to high school, I realized that there was something a little bit more that I could tap into from an educational perspective. And when I went to, um, it was called uh, Monroe High School in, in, in the Valley, um, I really got exposed to it was a law and government magnet, so I really got exposed to that part of the world and i it really piqued my interest. Um, it really piqued my interest. and so um I, I essentially made the decision that I wanted to do something bigger or more, um especially because and I kind of had to do it on my own because um my parents weren't really educated enough um to navigate like the the higher like education system. So they didn't really know much about, well, how do you, I didn't even really know how, how do you apply to college? Like, how how does that even happen? So um, I had to kind of navigate through that on my own. And so that's really when the decision was made that, you know, I was going to go to college and then ultimately maybe go to law school one day.
1: Yeah, and and to that point, um why was attending college significant and how did that end up affecting you and your your family's finances?
0: Well, I mean it was pretty it was pretty significant um because I was essentially the first uh first in my immediate family and really in my extended family at that point um to to go to college. So it was, you know, it was it, it was kind of a big deal. Um Although I didn't really like understand it at the time, I just thought it was like, oh, this is cool, like I'm I'm going to college. Um uh, you know, now as I look back on it, um and I think about like some of the decisions that were made since then, um I think it I I was I I think I was able to kind of set a, a good example for like my nieces and nephews, so my cousins if one, a few of them eventually ended up going um, to school later, later in life. But I, I think I, I was able to kind of set a, a good example for, for some of my nieces and nephews who are now. So now there, there's quite a few folks in 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 my extended family that have attended college and have graduated, and and, and it's it's pretty, pretty exciting. You know, when I, when I decided I want to go to school, um, you know, I went to the, the high school counselor. Um, and, and actually my wrestling coach, my wrestling coach played a, I wrestled in high school and he played a really big, he had a really big impact on like helping me like see that I could be more than, you know, just whatever. Um, and they encouraged me to apply. I think, you know, you know, apply to a couple of schools in state and apply to a couple of schools out of state. Um, you know that's you know just so you have you you have your options and so I was like well I I, I picked a few schools in state, um, I, Cal State Northridge was right down the road from where I went to high school and then you know obviously I applied to like UCLA and and all those fancy schmancy schools, um, and I was like all right which school am I going to apply out of state and I ended up applying to two schools one of which was Michigan State, um, and Michigan State was actually the first acceptance letter I got. And I didn't even, I, I I just like made the decision right there when I got the letter. Uh, and my parents couldn't read English that well. So they didn't really understand what the letter was saying. So I took it into my room. I opened it up. I was like, oh my goodness, I think I just got into this school. And so then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go. I'd never been to Michigan, had no idea where East Lansing was, never seen snow, literally had never left. I think the furthest east I ever went was like Las Vegas (laughs) um and then I had to make the decision uh because I had to like respond and then I was like okay I'm going to do this but how am I going to tell my parents how am I going to tell my parents that I'm going to leave so I remember it like it's it's burned in my memory um we were out shopping I don't remember for what and then I just turned to my dad and I said dad I think I need a jacket I think I need a you know I think I need a jacket. And he's like, why? Because, you know, we don't have jackets in Southern California. Who, who wears a jacket? And then I was like, because I think I'm going to be going to Michigan State, and I hear it's really cold. And he was like, okay. So he bought me a jacket, and that was kind of like the, like, yep, you're good. <laughs> so I was like, all right. I, was, I he, bet
1: that wasn't he, the reaction you were expecting, right?
0: <laughs> no. Uh, I You know what? I don't know what my reaction was, but when I – well, I don't know what my reaction like what I was expecting, but you know, later on in life, um, and actually it's it's interesting, my my daughter uh just had an assignment with her social studies class. Um, it was an extra credit assignment where she had to speak to or interview someone who had, you know, immigrated into the United States and um we were like, yeah, let's let's talk to let's talk to Abuelito, let's talk to Abuelita, because uh, you know they're still around and that's great. And she was interviewing them, and as I was listening to their story of them coming over to the United States, I was like, that you know, I, I feel like my dad was like, yeah, I did this, like I I just up and left, you know, my family to to find something better for myself, and so yeah, like so I I I guess I I think he was probably like, yeah, why not, like. I did it, you know, your mom did it, like, do it. <laughs> so that's a great point. Yeah. 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 You know, it, so, because, you know, they left everything behind um, to come to the United States to, to find a better life. So I, so I, it, it, you know, and then at the time I, you, when you're, you know, 16, 17, you don't, you don't really like understand that. But later in life I was like, Oh yeah, that's probably why he was so cool about it. Cause it's just like, yeah, go do it. <laughs> um well, speaking of, of things that may not have been totally
1: clear at the moment, because I'm getting inside the mind of a 17, 18 year old. So you had to pay for school. <laughs> yeah. How did that go? What happened?
0: So that was that was the big one. You know. Um, I had. Growing up, I, I I didn't know what a checking account was to, to any extent. My parents didn't really have like. They, they didn't really talk about money a lot. Everything we dealt with was cash every it, it felt like everything was cash because you know my dad worked in like a cash economy kind of a place where it's like you know, so everything everything was cash. so I I literally had no idea what was to expect. I didn't even have a checking account in I like I didn't have anything. Um, and so then as part of the application process, I realized that I had to start filling out a bunch of financial, Paperwork, and again, my parents they they couldn't necessarily help me, um, because they, they just they just didn't know how to navigate through it. So I kind of had to do everything on my own, um, and I used you know some resources at at school. And I remember I, I went to it may have been my coach at the time or or I I can't really remember, but I was showing them all the paperwork, and I'm like I don't even know what to do, and I and I showed them this one paperwork, this one piece of paper, and um, it was a flyer that the school sent for MSU, Federal Credit Union. <laughs> and, then, uh, you know, with, with the, and it's funny, cause they're a partner of our, ours. Um, and I was like, what do I do with this? Um, and they're like, well, yeah, you should probably set up a, a bank account while you're out there. And so that's when I set up my, my account with, uh, cause I told my dad, I said, dad, I think I need $5 to set up this account. So he gave me, because, you know, you have to have like a $5. So that's how I set up my, so I've been a member of that credit union since literally, I think I was like 18, <laughs> just because I had to do it. I had to do it um, or, or I, you know, it was a good idea for me to do it when I moved out. But I, um, yeah, we, we applied and then I, I, I realized, well, hey, there's like two different tuitions. And I don't qualify for the in-state tuition because I don't I don't live in the state of Michigan. So, and my dad, my parents were like, "Yeah, we'll we'll do whatever." Uh, and that's when kind of the student loan journey began. You know, I did get some some Pell grants, um, whatnot, but yeah my uh, my individual student loans and the parent plus loans that my parents took out kind of began, um, you know, in the in the late '90s. To help pay for, for for me going to to school, yeah. And so, as we fast forward a little bit,
1: um, when you graduated, uh, how did you address those student loans at the time, including your your parents' loans?
0: You know, first of all, after I graduated, student loans were like the least of my concerns. I, I didn't even like initially. I was I didn't even like un- really understand what I had. You know, because when you're in school you don't have to pay anything back you don't have to pay anything back so it's just kind of like you know you kind of just um keep it in the back of your you don't really actually you don't even have it in your mind you're just like at least for me I I didn't um so after you know after I graduated I I, I was like I don't I don't know what to do now. Like I, I I wasn't sure like what my next step was. So I naturally I I decided to want I moved I decided to move back to California. Um you know, and I, and I, and I lived there for a couple of, um, for a couple of months, but, you know, I, then I started getting the letters and my parents started getting the letters like, okay, you know, you know, your two or three or six month forbearance, uh, plan is, you know, um, after you graduate, you have so, so many months. So I, I remember getting the letter, it was like starting December of whatever year, you're going to have to start paying, um, and, and, you know, my parents were already paying for their Parent PLUS loans. And so, you know, my my dad was like, well, I we can't pay for yours, too. You got to figure it out. So, you know, when I graduated, I, I graduated with about $30,000 in student loan debt for me personally. Um, and I had to figure out a way to start paying it back. So I just decided to jump into, you know, any job that I could find to um, help me. Along, you know, al- along the way, um, and actually also try and help my parents pay theirs because you know they you know they, they weren't financially well off, so I I didn't want to have them kind of bear the burden of it. Um, and so you know I, I did that for for a couple of months before before I realized that I wanted to come back to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and <Yes>. i think <laughs> something you
1: did i understand without any income um which is probably not that uncommon but uh i'm sure was a scary time perhaps so what impact did that have on your life and your finances when you moved back to michigan
0: you know it it, uh, it, it was a spontaneous decision well maybe it wasn't so spontaneous mm-hmm. i i i will say that i was just i just wasn't happy um i had you know i had a lot of friends in Michigan and um a, a lot of really close relationships. And when I went back to Los Angeles, I I just struggled a little bit with like getting my groove. You know, my my friends from high school were still around and, and I'm actually still great friends with them. Uh but you know everybody everybody was working, everybody was busy. So I couldn't really we, we just didn't have time to connect. So um and I actually had gotten an apartment while I was out there um and I just wasn't feeling I don't know. I just it, I it was just like I was missing something, and so I just packed my stuff one day or one weekend and just like you know what I'm moving back to Michigan. And I think I, I think I I gave my job at the time like a one day notice and and I told my parents. I th- I think I may have lied to my parents and told them that I had a job waiting for me in Michigan, which I don't wasn't true. <laughs> um, and I just packed up my car and and drove. And I actually asked them for gas money because you know. The drive from Los Angeles to East Lansing, Michigan is not it's it's not, it's not a short one. Um, but yeah, when when I got to Michigan, I was pretty much I was unemployed, I still had to pay my student loan debt. I had I had I had a car payment at the time and I had some credit cards. Um and that's when things got real. I like I was happy where I, because I was I was I was back, you know, where I wanted to be, but you know, times started to get a little tough. Um because because i you know I, I i just wasn't able to make make all the payments I, I couldn't even find like i didn't even have enough i didn't even have, have enough money saved up to like be able to get an apartment so i was i think i may have been like sleeping on my friend's couch for a couple of months um you know before i finally like was able to find a job where i could get some income to help me pay for my student loans and um and uh, everything else. So, uh after you start
1: to get your bearings, eventually you found your way to Greenpath, but unlike many of our guests, not as a client as a employee. Um so, tell me a little bit about how you found out about Greenpath and then uh, what was your early experience there? Uh what was that, you know, experience like and and how did your finances shift as a result? Because of course, now you're working for someone who's goal it is to focus on finances and not put it at the back or not non-existent
0: part of your mind it, yeah so um you know I think I was I was working some odd jobs prior to find uh, finding my way to green path I, I worked for a law firm um, in Lansing Michigan I, um, I I think I was also like a fry cook uh, I was just everything I anything I could find to just kind of pay the bills uh, and off obviously working from a paycheck to paycheck perspective um, but then I just realized, like, I can't, I can't do this. You know, I, I have to do something more, something better, um, to like f- still continue to feel like proud that I went to college and 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 all that stuff. Um, so I decided to like really look for something that was going to be a little bit more meaningful. And then that's how I, I came across Greenpath. You know, interestingly enough, Greenpath was was doing mass hiring at the time, um, because uh, the bankruptcy laws had changed. Uh, around that time and um, so now in order to file bankruptcy you needed credit counseling to do so and so there was a significant increase in the need for credit counselors um and i I tripped across uh, green path I think on a like on a on a recruiting site uh, I don't remember which one maybe it was monster.com I don't know if that one still exists um but um yeah and um and specifically what caught my attention was that they were looking for bilingual um you know bankruptcy counselors credit counselors and I was like oh i i speak spanish and um you know i i i i've been i think i can i think i can do this so i i applied um i applied and i i kind of took a chance and you know greenpath took a chance on on me i should say and we um yeah, it, it it worked out. I I was um I was hired, and that was really like the first time that I had like steady income. I had benefits. It was great. <laughs> it was great, and it and it really kind of put me, um, it put me back on track. And I was able to like start paying my student loans again. And I just felt like I felt like I was doing well. I, I felt I felt like 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 I was doing well. So yeah, everything everything. Yeah, my my career at Green Pet started off very nicely because it it really it really started to set me up for success. Not just in like my own like personal finance journey, like understanding personal finance terms and all, and like how to navigate the system more effectively. Um, but it also gave me an opportunity because it you know it helped me financially, like it it helped me pay the bills.
1: Yeah and And so then things evolved, and uh you're not just in your career but in your family life and uh home ownership opportunity uh and then even law school. so a lot of things were happening over the next few years. so tell me I was yeah. wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about that time in your life,
0: yeah, so you know i i was i was i was feeling good about where I was, you know i i um you know I, I had met someone who you know is now my wife and we've been happily married for, for many years. And so we, uh, it, uh, we decided that at that time that we wanted to like purchase a home and it was right around like the 2007 to, you know, 2008. So, you know, we all know what was happening with, with housing or what happened with the housing market soon after that, but we, we purchased a house. Um, you know, at that point I had transitioned to become a counselor out of our Lansing office. Um, so it was really cool because I, you know, I, I live close to Michigan state, you know, I'm a big, obviously I'm a big Michigan state fan. Um, so I, I just felt at home again. Uh, we purchased a home nearby and then that's when I was like, okay, I think, I think this might be the right time to think about going to law school. Law school was always something that I had in the back of my mind, um, that I wanted to get done. I, I, I initially thought I was going to do it right after college, but uh, it just didn't didn't work out. Uh, and um there there was a law school really close to where I was counseling. And so I decided to apply. Um, I got in. Uh, you know, obviously I had to take the LSAT or whatever. Um, and yeah, then I so everything was great. Like I I I I was on a I was like, look, green path is gonna be a temporary a temporary um, stepping stone for me. While I get through law school, I'm going to graduate law school and become some sort of an attorney. And, uh, and, and yeah, and, and obviously at that point, I was a little bit more educated on all things, student loans. So I, I I realized, okay, going into law school is going to mean that I'm going to have to jump into more student loans, but I was okay with it because I, I, I had a better plan, you know, when I went to college, I didn't really under, I didn't really know like, okay, what am I going to do after college? But, but when I started law school, I was like, look, I, I have a plan where after I graduate, I know what I have to do in order to be able to pay these loans back. I know how much I have to make. So, um, and all of that education, I got through my work, um, at green path. So yeah, it was, it was a busy couple of years. Yeah,
1: and and I imagine, like, even though, of course, law school is quite expensive, the student loans were, I'm sure, way more than what they were as an undergrad. You also did the calculation of, like, what you might have projected to make and that those numbers would, would work out. Um, so then there was a new job opportunity at Green Path that affected a number of things, including your family situation, your finances, and I'm imagining your student loans. So tell me about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... You know, nothing is uh... so. Yeah, everything was going great, and um, you know, financially, and and you know, we had, you know, I had a house. I think it was like twenty five or twenty six when I purchased my house. I felt really proud just about like everything I was doing, and my parents were really proud of me. And then an opportunity came up um, where uh, an opportunity to become a manager at Greenpath came up, and you know, I I really. I I personally got really excited about the opportunity because I've always been passionate about leadership. But there was just one catch: I had to move to New York to take advantage of the opportunity. Um, And that was a that was a a a challenge because uh, you know I, I, yeah, it, it was just a challenge. But but at that you know at that point I was still pretty young and my my uh you know my girlfriend at the time slash wife we we were very spontaneous like, yeah, let's do it you know we've always you know we've we've always wanted to do cool things we we were we were always big into traveling uh so yeah why why not move to New York so I applied for the position, I got the position, and i was i and then I had to make the decision like okay, this is real uh, you know back in those days we you couldn't work remote. <laughs> He actually had to be in, 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 in the physical locations. So then when I got the job, I had to make the decision. Well, do I, do I move to New York? Um, What, what am I going to do with law school? You know, um, finishing, not finishing law school was not an option. Uh, first of all, because I felt like, you know, I, I had a lot of student loans already uh, from law school and I was like, well, I can't just let, you know, uh these aren't going to be sunken costs um so it was almost like i have to finish now um so i i looked into transferring i just i just looked at you know would it be possible for me to transfer and start going to law school in in new york um and 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 fortunately i i found a law school that i could transfer to and so so that then all the pieces were kind of aligned like yep you got to go to new york now because yeah everything everything is lining up so i we decided to move and at that point we were like you know we'll just sell our house um and we'll figure we'll we'll purchase a house you know down the line and then the market crashed the the housing market went you know where it went and it was impossible to sell my house without taking a significant loss um, have, you know, doing short sales or things like that, where it could have a significant impact on my credit. And I just, I I wasn't, I didn't want that. So we decided to just keep the house and continue to pay it while we lived in New York. So when we lived in New York, I, um, we were paying for an apartment in, you know, in Brooklyn, a house in Michigan (laughs) and law school. Um, you know and i was working full time so i went to law school at night um and at that point i needed to actually take out more student loans cuz you know when you when you take out student loans you, you have the opportunity to take out loans to pay just for your school but they also give you certain allowances that you could take out to pay for personal items um like your housing or whatever and i had to start di- like tapping into those those allotments because I just I wasn't making enough <laughs> to pay for everything and I I I, I you know I love being in New York and I love the opportunity of being um um part of um uh Green Path and I just felt like I, I needed to do it to kind of you know keep myself going. Um and so you know when it was all said and done um I ended up with you know over two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt because and not all of it was to pay for school it was to pay for you know um you know living expenses because i i it, i we just we just could not you know both of us were working and it just wasn't enough
1: yeah and this is i should point out although as the host i'm supposed to be this like uh you know objective uh whatever from on high but i was this is where our our stories kind of intersected because yes. I actually interviewed for that same job opportunity <laughs> and uh, you got it. It worked out, obviously. We're both still here at Green Path. Uh, but um, so at that point, then eventually uh, you graduated law school, mm-hmm. um, still, still a Green Path, of course, and I guess in the same role. So what was your thought process at the time when it came to your next steps with your career and your money?
0: Well, you know, after I graduated law school, I knew, you know, um, I think a couple of even I knew like, look, I'm going to have to start paying back student loans um, during that time. By the way, we ended up having two kids. <laughs> so we we, you know, we had um, both of our kids were born in, in New York. Both of them were born in, in, in Brooklyn. And, you know, I graduated in in May of 2012. Um, My daughter was a little over a year old, my, um, my son, actually, my wife was still pregnant because my son was born in July and we were just like, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't live in New York. Um, I am I'm not going to be able to, you know, raise a family, pay for the house in Michigan, which we still had, um, pay an apartment. And then pay, start paying back my student loans. I think I remember getting the letter saying that my first student loan payment was due in, in December and the payment was going to be, you know, close to $3,000 a month. And I was just floored. And I was like, okay, there's absolutely no way to, to do this. So I, I you know, I, I I really thought like, okay, what what are my next steps? And so, you know, my my wife and I talked about it. Um, and ne- the next step was going to be quit my job, study for the bar exam in Michigan, uh, because we 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 felt like it was time to come back to Michigan, study for the bar exam in Michigan, and begin pursuing a career in in law. Uh, we had a house there, so it was good, <laughs> you know. We 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 kept paying it, um, but then at that same time, you know, uh, the organization was going through a restructuring where um you know we we had um like regional manager a, a regional manager set up uh or we were transitioning to a more of a regional manager set up and i i you know i went to leadership and i said i'm interested in this opportunity but only if i can do it working in michigan you know if if i can't if i can't work in michigan then financially it's just not going to make sense for me because you know it it just it just wouldn't um and so I I I was lucky enough to to take uh, to get that opportunity, and they gave me the opportunity to move back to Michigan. So it put my like law career on pause a little bit, um, because it was like okay, I, I can go back to Michigan, so I don't have to pay these huge you know rent payments in in Brooklyn anymore. Had a great view though, by the way, I have a great view of the Verrazano Bridge. So <laughs> I do I do miss I do miss that. Um, So I I moved back to Michigan, but I still had to make, start making that payment. But at that point, the whole public loan, public service loan forgiveness program was, you know, was up and running and, um, income-based repayment plans were available and so on. And so I knew, look, I'm, I'm going to be a green path a little bit longer. I, and I'm going to have to start paying back these student loans. So I better do everything that I can to make sure that I'm, um, able to afford it and so I set up my income base for payments and then at the time again I didn't think I was going to be here as long I said look I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking into this public service loan forgiveness program uh, which was at that point was very new right nobody had graduated from the program yet because it, it obviously the the program requires you to make 10 years worth of payments while working for a nonprofit um but I, I started the program and I started sending in my certifications and, you know, I was looking at like, yeah, I'm getting credit, you know, I'm getting credit for these payments. It's great. And, um, and I just kind of kept chugging along. In 2016,
1: I understand your your dreams of being a lawyer ended. That sounds like a bad thing, but actually you guys will learn less. So why was that?
0: So into the, yeah, I, I, I always joke that my, the, my, my dreams, and at that point, it probably was more of a nightmare because it was it was so, there was so much, um, um, so much going on. But yeah, at at that point, my dream of becoming or nightmare of becoming a, an attorney kind of ended when um, I was given the opportunity to become a director at, at Green Path, and at that point, it was like okay this, this is, this is, you know, I'm no, I always thought in my back of my mind, like at green path, like, oh, I'm only going to be here for a couple of years. I'm only going to be here a couple of years. And then, you know, I would, things would happen. I would move into new positions like, okay, I'm only going to do this for a couple of years. Oh, I'm only going to do this for a couple of years. And I kept doing that. Um, You know, I'd started here in my mid twenties. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, I have, I have, you know, a four and five year old. I, you know, I'm I'm, I need to like start thinking about their future and what's going to happen. You know, I want to start saving for college for them because I don't want them to have to go through what I went through. And so I was um, in 2016 when the director of client services role came up, I, I applied for the position. I I got the position and that's when I just made the conscious decision that, nope, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue to pursue a, a a role or a a law career. Um, I'm happy and I'm glad that I have a law degree. I learned a ton in, in law school. It really, you know, law school really helps your critical thinking skills. It, it really helps you think about things very differently. Um, it allows you to read, you know, documents with a different lens. Um, so I got a lot of, 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 you know I learned a lot in law school but I just realized that like okay no this is this is the this is going to be my career path and so when I was offered the position I just kind of put those things to bed and then my goal transitioned to okay I'm here for i i'm I'm you know I'm here for the long run I want to have my student loans forgiven uh using the the public service loan forgiveness program at that point um I think I was like, um, four years into the program, and I started seeing like, hey, I'm getting credit. I'm getting credit for these 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 payments. I was also on an income-based repayment plan, so I was not paying enough to pay down the principal of my loan. So, when I graduated law school in 2012, I graduated with $211,000 in total student loan debt. When you include my undergrad and my my law school. But because I wasn't making enough to pay the principal, my my prince, you know, my principal, my interest was was accruing, and so, you know, I think when it was all said and done, I ended with like almost two hundred and thirty four thousand dollars in in student loan debt, and so, I I was on a mission. my My mission shifted from like becoming a lawyer to getting my student loans forgiven um, because I was working for for a nonprofit, and and so. And I always thought, you know, I, I always, my wife and I always talked about, like, well, what happens, you know, if something happens at Greenpath, and I was like, well, I'll go work for another nonprofit. Like at this point, this is my goal. Like I, my goals, my 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 life goals have shifted uh, because I was like, look, if I if I go become a lawyer, I'm still going to have two hundred and thirty four thousand dollars in student loan debt, but if I if I can work for in the nonprofit industry for, um, you know, at that point, it was like six more years. I'm good. Like everything will be forgiven, and so so that's 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 where my path kind of ended up taking me. Yeah, and and then the process of
1: actually getting them forgiven when the ten years was up is an interesting thing, and and it was actually one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you share your story. I know in in my my role at Green Path, one of the things I would do is go out in the community and talk about financial wellness and one of the big topics was student loans and specifically student loan forgiveness and i would tell anyone who would listen to me about the wonders of the public service loan forgiveness program and as you hinted at this program it takes 10 years so the very first person that would have been eligible wouldn't have been until like 2017. Mm -hmm. and then i noticed as 2017 2018 rolled around that there were stories in the news of like ah it's not so easy And then as time passed and more more stories came out, it was reported that a very small percentage of people that thought they were eligible actually got their loans forgiven. And I remember just being just dejected as I heard that because here you have this program that has good intentions, but if it's not actually working, that's a big problem. And then I noticed that in the last year or two that there's been, because of the attention given to that, there's been some reforms to the program to hopefully um, make things a little bit better. And so I was hoping that you, you could be an example of what happens when it works. And then I remember talking to you and like, it wasn't a like, all right, just apply and wait and a month. And here you go. Like it was still a process at that point. So I was wondering if you could just walk me through the, the, the winding road that was your forgiveness.
0: Yeah. um, And, and, and i I don't know if my 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 uh, winding road is a unique one. Um, but you know, first of all, i I knew about the program and knew how to navigate the program kind of from the beginning because of Green path because you know, at green path um, we we have student loan counseling um op- available to to folks who who need it. And so I, I was very familiar with like okay you know I have to consolidate these loans um um I have to sign up for the program um I have to get on income based repayment and so on and and I I will say a lot of the a lot of the folks that where these were failing is because they weren't following they they weren't aware I should say of of the process um and so and I will tell you this, the student loan servicers some um some servicers weren't um Weren't being, I think, very candid or honest about how to work through that program, um, um, and so you know, when I when I did my consolidation, uh, my consoli- my loans ended up going to the student loan servicer um, that that handled this program. So. Um, that was that I was comforted by the fact. I was like, "Nope, this is the servicer that I know is going to handle this program." And so, my I made my hundred and twentieth payment in August of twenty twenty two, and my store. So I was very excited. I I was like, "All right, I'm ready. I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to send in my my uh, my last certification letter so that they could certify my payments, and all all will be forgiven." And at the same time, there um my servicer uh changed. So I was with Fed Loan Servicing for almost 10 years. I mean, for as long as I can remember. Right? I don't you know, as long as I can remember. And I was working with Fed Loan Servicing, and you know, they were the servicer that was managing my student loans and giving me credit for the for the uh, public service loan forgiveness. And then earlier in the year, I heard that, or I got notified that, um, bed loan servicing was going to get out of the federal loan ser- servicing g- game and that my loans are going to get transitioned over to a new servicer. And, and I called and I said, look, I'm going to be done in August are you going to transfer my loans or, or can I just work with you? Because it was, I think it was like July. It was like June or July. And I'm like, look, I'm almost done. Like, don't just keep my loan for a couple more months and and help me out here. And they assured me like, yeah, you send us your paperwork and we'll, 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 we'll figure it, we'll do everything for you. I send in my last paperwork and then I get notification. Nope. Your loans have been transferred. You have to talk to the new servicer. And so then I had to resubmit. So so then I resubmitted my documents, and it, it was like they had not fully like taken the loan over yet. So I was kind of like in this holding pattern. Luckily, uh, the 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 student loan forbearance program was still was still going on. So I wasn't having to kind of make that payment in in, in that time, but. When it was transferred, I had to wait like a month before I could send my new documents to the new servicer. And so I finally sent, you know, when I think it was probably like in October when I finally sent, when I was finally able to send the, the 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 documents over to the new servicer. And I called, you know, I think every day for the first week, and I was like, "Look, I'm done already. Just tell me I'm done." And they're like, "Yeah, it could take up to three months. It could take up to three months for for you to get everything." figured out uh, for, for, for everything to get forgiven or whatever. Um, and so I just waited patiently and then lo and behold that, you know, a couple weeks ago in January, I finally got the letter that, you know, the student loans were, you know, congratulations, you're, you're done. And, um, yeah, so it wasn't, you know, I, I, I never, I never thought that it wasn't going to happen. It was just like, oh man, I'm, I'm, you know, this is what I've been, this is what I've been waiting for really for the past like 20 years. Cause I've had some sort of student loan debt since, since the early 2000s. Um, and so I was just so close. I'm like, oh, please don't, you know, please, please, um, let it all work out. Um, and yeah, I finally got the letter and, and, and here I am. So, you know, 20, 20, some odd years later, I officially have no student loan debt and, you know, actually, when I got the letter, because uh, I told my I told my daughter, I said um, she's a big Disney fan, and and um, when she found out there was a Disney in Paris, she's like, I want to go to Disney in Paris. And so then, you know, this was a couple years back. I was like, Oh, when my student loans are forgiven, I'll take you. So then she created like these little like chains, you you know, like the Christmas chain, and she's like, How many student loan payments do you have? left. And I told her the amount. So she made me like the the payment. For a while, I was just kind of throwing them away. And then eventually I started keeping them. So like every time I would cut it, like I would keep one of the little links. It's kind of like, yeah, like I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. And so when the letter came, I gave it to my daughter and I told her to open it up and I told her to read it and she was like so excited she wasn't really excited because I had paid off my student okay. loan debt she was more excited because she knew she was going to go to Paris to Disney and Paris so <laughs> so um so yeah so that's that's so now that now we're, we're we're planning for that that's our big like celebration that's nice that's nice that you have that like after just
1: not just the forgiveness process but as as you said your entire story of Having something that not only you look forward to, but your entire family can. Um, so as you reflect back on your experience, not only personally, but obviously professionally, what advice might you give to others who are navigating their student loans?
0: You know, I at first I I was doing it on my own. You know, I I I remember filling out the FAFSA forms on my own for for, for my you know, on on my parents' behalf. And I was just like, hey, Dad, just sign here. Like, don't worry about it. Like, just like, um, you know, so the advice I would give is, you know, you don't have to do it alone. You know, you're not alone. <laughs> there are people out there who can help. And I encourage everybody to seek out those resources, um, even if it's scary. um, You know, I... There are there are people that I know personally that you know that are well educated that sometimes even just have blinders on, like not blinders, but like purposely put blinders on because it's student the student loan thing is just it it feels so insurmountable and and so so challenging. Um, so my advice would be like seek seek out the resources um, and get get the help that you need. Uh, and 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 don't be afraid to do so, because that help could be, you know, I, for me, I was doing it alone until I came to Greenpath. And then through my work here at the organization, I started to get exposed to the education that really I needed and a lot of other people need to navigate the system well. And so I took advantage of that knowledge. Um, but I don't know what I would have done. I, I don't know what if I. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have that in that knowledge and or that information. So and and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that are try to prey on those who don't know. So you know, looking for reputable resources can sometimes be challenging, but not impossible. not not impossible. And so my my advice would be, take advantage of of your resources because they're out there. And and yeah. have have folks help you.
1: And that takes me to my last question, which is, if you could have a conversation with your eighteen-year-old self in nineteen ninety-nine Los Angeles you know, prior to your college uh, experience, what would you tell him?
0: Oh man, you know, I I. I as i reflect back on like my entire life and everything that i've i've done so far i you know the good and the bad like i i have no regrets (laughs) you know there's nothing to regret um you learn i've learned a lot um i i guess what what i would say is just trust your instincts you know just trust them um because as i think about everything that i did even like hey just I had an instinct, a gut feeling to just pack up my stuff and and move to Michigan. Probably wasn't the best financial decision at the time, but it, but that kind of was another domino in, in where, like I ended up uh, being, I would just say, trust your instinct, like trust it, um, have fun and you're going to be okay. (laughs) So. And I wonder
1: what that 18 year old would have said back to you. But
0: uh, Uh, I'm trying to think Uh, (laughs) he probably would have thought I was crazy, Um, you know. Well,
1: I do know one of your favorite movies is Back to the Future. So I'm I'm just imagining, you know, the Marty McFly uh, moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, But see, the thing is, like, I, I I wouldn't you know sometimes people would, um it would, by the way this is a great question and and my first instinct was to like oh I'll go back and tell them what not to do and what to do and you know um more like a parent but you know i i think it, everybody needs to find their own way and oftentimes your you know your your gut your your instincts are kind of what get you there so I think people need to learn the hard way uh, and uh, sometimes. And so I would just encourage him to do that. <laughs> like, just yes. just go out and do it, you know, just just trust your gut. It may not feel great at the time or it might feel great at the time, but just just do it and learn and move on.
1: Yes, great, great words. And, you know, I, I do recognize for those listening that, of course, uh, as always tends to happen on this podcast, we're interviewing people at like, a nice ending point, right? You just got 200-something thousand dollars worth of student loans forgiven. I imagine if I would have had this conversation uh, or this question at other points of your life, you know, it might have felt a little different perhaps. But um, I'm so glad you shared your experience with us today, David. And, uh, you know, hopefully our our listeners could could take some inspiration and, and some tips from that. So thank you for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Thanks, as always, for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our free student loan counseling, please visit www.greenpath.com counseling. Special thanks to Hero for our theme music, which will play us out. Here's hoping each of you enjoy your journey of financial wellness as much as your destination.